look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More Than Money with the Popowich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770. Lifestyle matters. It's more than money. I'm Faisal Carmelli, my co-host here, Dave Popowich, live in studio. Yeah, it's Normally nice to we get... have our own studio in our office. Yeah. Today we're at, at uh, Chorus's uh, studio, which we have a great show today. And the reason why we're here is we're right. going to have two guests yep. that are going to kind of walk you through what it's like to retire. So, yeah, let's talk about why that's important. I mean, we talk about retirement um, in, 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 like, academic terms a and lot. And a financial perspective. And a fin- but but no, lots of lots of... Lots of other stuff, but it's, it's academic, right? And this isn't academic. Retirement's not academic for people when they retire. It's a journey. Correct. And it's a human journey, and there's all kinds of emotions attached to it. We like to focus on money sometimes, but there's all kinds of emotions, right? Thinking about getting there. The moment that you give, in, you, you give your resignation to retire, what does that feel like? Are you ready for, you know, for what comes next, and is it what you expected? All of those things. We're going to explore those with two guests Certainly one that will be very well known in the station, Gord That's Gillies right. and yeah, his wife. Gord Gillies and yeah. his wife Candy will be yeah. on the show today. We all know Gord, and we all saw, saw his transition mm-hmm. out of media yes. into retirement, but we don't know what life is like in retirement. There's That's no right. camera following him there, so, <laughs> so right. we're going to find out what it's like. Wonderful. Okay. Um, let's talk a little bit about, as we often do, uh, kind of market drivers this week. Um, yeah. Probably sound like a bit of a broken record uh, in this particular case. It's still the main headline uh, issues that we've been talking about for a couple of weeks. Yeah, coronavirus is still up in, in the, the news story. We're finding more and more companies are also disclosing their earnings on both sides of the border. But there's some interesting stuff that's been going on. Mm-hmm. Protests. Yeah. You know, they're, they're protesting and it's stopping economic activity to the point that the federal government needs to get involved. Oh, you're talking the railways. Yeah, the railways. Yeah. yeah. 50% of Canadian exports are transported by rail. Now, that's, so that's problem number one. Yeah. Problem number two, exports and the supply chain out of China because of this coronavirus yeah. is down. In fact, the ports in the United States are down in shipments by 13% just in January, right. in the first three weeks of January. We haven't hit peak numbers for coronavirus yet. So right. there's, there is a spillover. This could be a double negative in the short term. Um, all the economists that we've been talking to are saying uh, it's a short-term event. Now, remember, economists look in longer-term decades, potentially even a generation, depending on the, on their research. So short-term could be a year. Yeah, yes, it will be. And, and, you know, there will be some demand destruction created that perhaps is temporary, but a lot of it will be will be picked up relatively quickly. So if you've delayed, you know, going out and, and buying something for fear of, you know, the coronavirus... But it's something you do need to purchase. Ultimately, people will purchase it. But there is an impact, right? We will see this reported in earnings, and we'll, you know, we'll see to the extent, the extent to which it moves outside of China because yeah. of that. Chinese supply chain is so critical to, to global trade. And it does impact the price of oil. And, and I yeah. think people need to kind of understand this. In the areas where they're quarantined, where there's not allowed anybody to go to factories, most of those factory, uh, factory workers are transient. Right. Those individuals travel to work and back either by plane, train, or automobile. Let's tell people how many people we're talking about that have to, that have to go to work in these areas. Mm. It's 300 million people. Almost the same amount of population as the United States stop commuting. That will take an dim- impact on the demand for energy. Mm-hmm. It does Absolutely. hit us back home here in Alberta. Absolutely. Right? And so although we've seen the price of WTI go below 50 bucks and come right back up, 
We've seen Western Canadian Select go down and come back up. Um, this could have some rippling effects. So we got to keep an eye on the economy, on the numbers that are happening, and then we make decisions from there. Right. Um, yeah, it's, that, that's the story, I think, right, for, uh, for this week. I'm not sure we have yeah. to say much more. Can I, can I bring up a story that happened? I was, I was doing an interview on uh, CTV. Yeah. And the interview was about a case where um, this, this lady has to pay... Um, $250,000 approximately of tax mm-hmm. because there was no beneficiary written on her husband's retirement income fund. We call it a RIF. Yep. There was a beneficiary on the RSP, but when it converted to a RIF, no beneficiary. And right. and he's had a RIF for a couple years, right. and all of a sudden when he passed away, right. she's not getting the responses that she wants. She has to now come up with this tax bill of, let's call it $250,000. That's because it went to the estate. That's because the money went to the estate is deemed to be income. So let's kind of walk through that. Yes, please. Step one, in the event of your death on a registered product like a RIF, a RIF, or an RSP, if your beneficiary is a state or an individual who is not your common law or or married spouse, it will then be considered deemed income in the year that you pass away. 100%. 100%. Let's be One, clear. 100% of the assets inside that registered program become taxable income in the year, the day before you pass. So let me give easy numbers. $500,000 in your RSPs, yeah. you pass away. You now have $500,000 of income. Or your estate in, does in this the case. The estate yep. does yep. in the event, in the, in the year you pass away. Yep. That gets taxed yep. as if you earned it as a paycheck. That's right. And that's about $250,000 of tax. Right. So now what this lady had to do is because she didn't have the money for the tax bill and CRA's knocking is she had to get a line of credit against her home and get a $250,000 withdrawal and, and give that money into, into right. uh, the tax bill. So after we did that interview and then after we sent that out to our clients and so forth, we started getting phone calls about beneficiary. Do I have my beneficiary? And, and thank God we're, we're, we're tight on this, on, on our practice. But for the learning outcome is review your beneficiaries at least once a year. You get a statement that comes to you every month, every quarter, every year. Look at the beneficiary. Find out who's on there. And if you're not sure, if you can't find it, it's not on that document, call your financial institution. Call right. your advisor. Right. And, and look at that. Because now we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars of unnecessary tax. And now everybody's blaming the other person. She blames the bank. The bank says, no, we blame the husband. She's blaming the CRA that they should be more lenient on this. And it's going to be a real mess. Right. All because we, you know, it was forgotten to be put one name on, on the document. Now, there are times that people don't want to put a name on, the, on these documents, on the RIF or RSP. Mm-hmm. But that's a planned strategy. Right. So first have a plan yep. and review your documents Every single month for beneficiary, sorry, every year yeah. for beneficiaries, for making sure the information's accurate, so forth, because that's the only source of information you get on a regular basis that will tell you what the accounts are like. And make sure that, that your beneficiary designations on your RIF accounts and RSP accounts is also consistent with your beneficiaries and how your will's laid out, because you don't want a conflict there either, right? So estate planning, right, what we call our legacy bucket, there are some details that you need to be, you need to take, you know, be clear about to make sure that these things don't create these kinds of problems. They all have to match. Really right. quickly, I sat down with a client of ours who I've been on her for five years to get a will done. She mm-hmm. hasn't done it. She wrote a handwritten will, um, which was not witnessed. So there's a problem on that one alone. 
But at the end of the day, I said, this is how your will sounds when I read it. What do you think? And she's like, that's not what I want. Like, well, you're the one who wrote it. So right. we better get this done professionally with a, right. with a lawyer. So we're working on that. Five years, right. Dave, five years to get her to the spot where she has to sit in front of a lawyer, all because she didn't want to spend the money. Well, and so this is going to be an interesting point. Um, and I want to maybe tease this to the, to the fourth segment of today's show. Because I've been doing a lot of legacy and estate planning work with clients, and I had a really fascinating meeting this week that will build on exactly what you've just said and the complexity and problems that can come out if we don't do some pre-planning. So, yep. Um, and retirement is a more complex period yes, than, it is. than before retirement, and so we're going to talk about that complexity. We're yeah. going to go through what we call the four buckets on Tuesday, February 18th, 7 p.m. at the Carriage House Inn. You need to reserve your seats. So give us a call, 966-8400. That's 966-8400, or you can register online at morethanmoneyradio.com. Well, how fun can uh, retirement be? Well, let's find out. We're going to talk to Gordon Candy after the break. Join us for that on 770-CHQR and More Than Money. Welcome back here with Dave and Faisal on 770-CHQR and More Than Money. Uh, you know, Faisal, every once in a while, well, when, when we do this show, we're often talking about theory and how this stuff should work and, you know, all these different things, right? right. Yeah. And every once in a while, it's really fun just to put that the human touch on this thing that people, this is actually people, they retire. There's a journey, yeah. right? There's a journey getting to retirement and then there's this journey into and through retirement. And so it's fun uh, every once in a while to actually talk about that real experience. And we've got a couple of great guests to help us. Take, take us through their journey as they move to retirement and early into retirement today. And a today. couple of people might know them. Well, yeah, there's <laughs> some names that might be familiar <laughs> here. So we want to welcome Gord Gillies and his wife, Candy uh, McElary, to the show today. Thank you both for taking some time with us today. Great to see you both. He's back in the studio. <laughs> that's right. You can't leave. That's Just right. you thought he was out. <laughs> bring you right back in, Gord. Great to be here. Good to see you guys. Well, we're super glad to have you guys. And, and um, you know, in all seriousness, we, we do talk in theory often a lot about this stuff. And uh, in reality, this is a real journey, right? It's a mm-hmm. human journey, and it's often different than what we thought. Sometimes it's better, sometimes it's not. Sometimes there's aspects we didn't anticipate. Mm-hmm. And it's fun to talk about these things, yeah. right? So maybe let's just start. Uh, both of you had very successful careers. Gord, uh, we, of course, we know uh, you from uh, your uh, public um, career. And Candy, you had a mm-hmm. wonderful and a successful career in education yeah. and post-secondary and whatnot. Um, I'm interested to to start the conversation around what when you started. When did it become real that retirement? You know, it is there's there's an, a light at the end of this tunnel called retirement. You went first, Candy, so you go first. <laughs> All right. So I would say before I retired, and I've been retired one year. Um, we we offered the course at at where I worked, my organization, to a two day retirement course. And I dragged Gord to it uh-huh. just to learn, really learn what we needed to know about yeah. and to uh, anticipate some of the things that people had experienced right. and how to repair ourselves. So um, that was three years before I actually retired. Okay. And then I retook the course uh, within the last year because it really, some of the information then really stuck with me. Uh, and that covered the wonderful things that you two do in your careers, help people prepare themselves financially, are the right pieces in place and understanding taxes and CPP and OAS. But it also exposed me to the other pieces of right. retirement and what is that transition going to feel like? What are some of the things that we could anticipate or begin to prepare ourselves? Yeah. And so lots of wonderful time to 
think about it before we actually moved in that direction. We're married almost 30 years, okay. and when we were into our marriage, which was when Freedom 55 came out, sure. and that was that was sort of the thing, the, the big theme. ads, yep. the commercials that yep. ran forever, and that was never something we said we wanted to do, but we thought late 50s, early 60s when we set out, and when Candy went, I watched her very busy 24-7 workaholic. I thought, I'm going to watch her go cuckoo, <laughs> and she took to it like a duck to water. And that got me thinking, maybe, maybe it would be something I would enjoy too. We both liked our jobs, yeah. both enjoyed what we were doing, but we thought, let's let's take a real serious look at this and, and see if we can make it work. So, Gord, what were some of the things that were the catalysts to say, you know, I'm done? Because you could do radio for the next 10 years oh, if you wanted to, right? <laughs> you're sweet. Right? I, a couple of different things. Um, the grind of the morning show, which is the best show you want to work on, you really yeah. do, uh, I was exhausted. I really was tired. And so that played into all my decisions. We lost a close co-worker here at 38 years old, right. John Hempy, a shocking sudden death. Another friend of mine at 56 had a heart attack. So that begins to creep in. So that's all part of it. That wasn't the reason, but tired, um, enjoyed my work still, but feeling tired. And then these things happen and we thought, you know, we're healthy we were not rich, but we can probably make these numbers work based on the, the sessions we took with Candy, and, and let's see. So when you, when you were experiencing friends or people that were close to you going through these health issues, death and so forth, what went through your guys' minds? Life is short. Life can change incredibly fast from one day to the next. Yeah. And um, do we want to be doing something different in our later years um, beyond the work? And so just I think that that opened up our eyes to let's enjoy life if we can. Okay. And, and that's what really turned our heads to can we? <laughs> can we? What does that look like? Yeah. How about you, Gord? Same thing. I mean, we, we were thinking about this as a possibility. Uh, then we thought... Uh, of what we learned at these sessions with Candy's company was that you do most of your traveling the first 10, 15, maybe 20 years sure. after you retire, and then you don't do as much. And we thought, well, let's run now. Let's yeah. go for it. And that mm -hmm. became kind of a, a pivotal moment where we said, let's take a hard look at whether we can do this. So I'm interested in the moment, um, Candy, we'll go ladies first here, but I'm interested in the moment, if there was one, mm -hmm. when you, you made that decision. All of a sudden you said, okay, I'm going to hand in my retirement resignation. Yeah. Was there a moment in time that, that you reflect back on, you said, that was it, and how did you feel about that? That's, that's a really good question because I knew exactly one year in advance mm -hmm. the date I would retire. Kept it to myself for six months right. and then shared it with my boss and then shared it more openly with the, um, the organization, three months. And I... Love those 12 months. It really helped me to transition to right. think about what do I love about my job and celebrate. This will be the last time I get to do this. And what is it that I'm not enjoying as much anymore, like annual report writing? Right. That's the last time I have to write that report. <laughs> and it really, that 12 months helped me to transition really well uh, so that when I walked out the door, handed in my keys, um, I feel like I was quite ready. Good for you. How about you, Gordon? I don't know if there was a eureka moment, Dave, um, but I think it was probably watching Candy take to it right. so well and, right. and her saying, you know, there's another seat sale. <laughs> she started to look at these trips and things you right. can do. 
Um, but, uh, you know, it was hard. I, I left early. I had I could have stayed a little longer, yep. I think. I had another year at least on, on, a, on the contract I was on, and I felt bad about leaving because my boss was a great guy, and he'd brought me over from TV, and, and so I, there were elements of feeling guilty about it too. Um, but at the end of the day, it was just, this is, let's, let's find out. Let's, here's an, the next phase of our lives, yeah. another grand adventure. Here we go. How, how has the transition been when both of you have had high-profile, well-known, high-demanding kind of jobs? People always got connect with you, and now you're not associated to that position or that role. How's that change been? It's interesting. I mean, I, I still get people who say they've, oh, I enjoyed you on TV last night, and I haven't been on TV for three years. Yeah. Right? So, <laughs> the PVR's you, working. You just, awesome. yeah. <laughs> I just nicely nod. Well, great. I'm glad. You know, did I stumble? Uh, so, I mean, that's been interesting. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I've missed that or anything like that. I think I've missed the people, certainly, of work. I've missed the excitement of a live show, and here we go on today's adventure. Uh, but uh, overall, it, it's been an easy transition uh, for my job. I uh, I remember in my workplace when retirees came back to the workplace and, of course, have all the time in the world to spend with you. We are over, I worked at Mount Royal University, and we're there every day because that's where we work out. And so I'm I'm really mindful about not taking the pathways that would run into people that I know okay. were in, are now and where my shoes were rushing from one meeting to the next. Mm. So um, I get to see familiar faces, um, but, but I'm also mindful that their, their lives have continued to be really busy. What's been the most challenging part so far? Oh, you know what? We have loved, we have loved retirement. So I, I would say probably the scariest for me, I'm really planful, I'm really organized. Uh, I have had a budget all my life. <laughs> Gord is completely opposite, completely opposite. And so I can live within a budget, hands down. Gord has l- less interest in even developing a budget yeah. nor living towards it. Budget so a rental car company, not a spending <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So, so that's been interesting for us and uh, something that we're working towards. And, and our differences has always been a blessing because I'd have a pretty boring life yeah. if you lived life the way that I probably would have. And Gord is spontaneous and um, generous and... We, we make a good pair together. There you go. It hasn't been, and, and honestly hasn't been, I, as I said earlier, I miss the, the camaraderie, I miss the people, the excitement of deadlines and an interview, chase and all that. But I've, I can't tell you how many times we've been driving mm-hmm. somewhere and I've just leaned over to Candy and said, I'm just so happy that we're not racing around mm. to get places. We're retired and it's really so far, so far, so good. All right. We're going to have to take a quick break here, but let's remind everybody of our upcoming seminar. So if you want to have a happy transition like these two are, (laughs) you got to follow our four-bucket process called Asset Dedication. We're going to have that session on Tuesday, February 18th, 7 p.m. at the Carriage House Inn. You do need to reserve your seats, so give us a call, 966-8400. That's 966-8400, or you can register online at morethanmoneyradio.com. Everybody knows what they retire from. The question is, do you know what you're going to retire to? So let's explore that in the next segment. Stick around for that, and Gordon Candy will be back with us here on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. Welcome back here with Dave and Faisal on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. And we're doing a really good job today, I think, of, of making this transition to retirement um, a very human journey. 
and helping us do that, we've got uh, Gord Gillies and uh, Candy McLary uh, today helping us understand that sort of their transition when they started thinking about retirement. And now you're in retirement. And we finished the last segment talking about it's been great. Knock on wood, it's been fantastic. I want to start the conversation here with a little bit about what your expectation was. You knew what you were leaving, the high-powered careers, the busy, you know, the calendar to the minute, all of these things. Did you, did you both have a plan? Did you guys talk, sit down and talk about what it was going to look like as you moved into, into retirement, what your day was going to look like? One of the neat things that worked for us when Candy retired ahead of me was I would come home and be done my work at lunchtime, right? Yeah. So I'd be home at lunchtime. Candy was busy. She had busied herself with friends or doing whatever. So it wasn't like we were arriving home, bang, she's at the door. What are we going to do? I'm retired. And so I really admired the fact that she was planning her life and doing other things. And so we would get together when we'd get together kind of a thing. So that was, I think, a really good thing we did. And and then we we just sort of made it happen, right? It hasn't mm-hmm. been a real bumpy start, I don't think. Can I, Candy, can I ask you a question mm-hmm. about this? Because this is always interesting. Faisal and I have got lots of evidence of watching transitions take place, um, and some at the same time and some are staggered. In your case, it was staggered, not necessarily planned that way, but it was staggered. And so, Gord, you got to see Candy do this. Um, you had gotten into a routine then about mm-hmm. what your day was, and you had a social network of people that you were doing things with. Yeah. Were there any concerns that you had when Gord said, okay, I'm going to come home now, too. Did you guys talk about that? Were there any worries that, ooh, you know, we're not built for 24-7. I've got my life, and you've got your life, and there's things we do together. Any discussion around that? You know, we, we didn't have discussion, but I think we both really felt that it was important to um, have some time when we're not together. Right. I love having, we moved from a house to a condo. We started to downsize prior to our retirement. I love having that space to myself, recognizing, I'm sure Gord loves having that space to himself sometime. Um, So we didn't really have a formal discussion about it, but we were able to kind of work our way towards something that did work. One of the things that I paid attention to, someone had retired prior to when I was going to retire, and at her retirement party, she listed off, this is what we're going to do. Mm. And I remember thinking, I'm exhausted listening to you. <laughs> I am not going to do that in retirement. Right. I want, I, I, anyone that asked me, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to give myself a year to figure it out. Yeah, interesting. And then I didn't feel pressure listing off things that might have been interesting. And that's what I've done this year. And I am thoroughly enjoying where I'm and at. You guys will know this. The first question we get when somebody says, finds out you're retired, what are you, what are you going to do? Right. Yeah. And we were both, we don't really know. Yeah. <laughs> Gord, I want, I want you to answer this honestly, okay? Because we have mm-hmm. seen a very big difference between men and women in our practice. But honestly, were you thinking about leaving work, coming home and just, you know, you're going you're gonna to infiltrate Candy's world now. I'm, I can't wait to go for, for tea with the girls, you know, that kind of a thing. <laughs> well, <laughs> come on, honestly. Story. I don't know about that, but we had had a story where we knew friends who we would meet every Christmas where we holidayed. And uh, they, w- as we said goodbye one year, we said, we'll see you next year. And he said, yes, and I'll be retired next year. So a year goes by, we're on the beach, and Michelle is there, and we say, how's retirement? It's great. He worked for Total, big yeah. wig guy in the oil patch. He, he said, it's been great. I've done this. I've done that. I've got a little contract. And he jumps on a paddleboard, and he sails on out in the ocean. His wife comes down 10 minutes later. Hey, 
Eve, how's retirement? She looks around, where is Michelle? And says, it's horrible. He's in the kitchen all the time. He's in my face. She had a completely different take yeah, on it. Yeah. And that was an eye opener for us. So yeah. we laughed yeah. and thought, let's not make, let's make sure yeah. that's not us. That's exactly, that's why I was asking. It was, mm-hmm. it's very interesting. We saw that years ago, right? Yeah. Woo, that's a big difference. Yes. And I think when you when you both of you having your own lives and walking away from the media side, Gordon, filling your time up with other things is a challenging part for many people, especially if you're in a high, high demanding, high profile type of, of life. And then going into well, I'm I know Candy has her own life. I mm-hmm. know what her space is and I want my space. So how did you fill the gap? Like there's from five AM <laughs> Yeah all the way till noon. What are you doing with and your time? And that's a job in process. Sleeping. Yeah, Sleeping I've been, for some of <laughs> Somebody said, what's the best thing about retirement? I said, when I wake up at three, I roll over. <laughs> but you know what? That's a, a work in progress, Faisal, because yeah. I, I have been bored some days and I'll go for a great workout and all of a sudden you can have long workouts and, and all this. And then it's like, oh, long workouts. Now it's one in the afternoon. Oh, yeah. What am I going to do? So, and it's sort of the months that I've been retired have been the crappy months, if you will, you know, November or December right. <laughs> or February, you know, it's colder. You can't do as much outside. So um, it's a work in progress, um, but we do separate. We, yeah. we work out at the same time. We don't work out together, but we, we go, we usually meet for a coffee. And then I went to with a buddy to yeah. a movie the other day, that kind of stuff. So I'm finding, I'm just learning how to do that right now. Have either of you felt bored? You know, in the first month of my retirement, I was really careful to make sure I had something going on every day. And it was as simple as a coffee or a walk with a friend so that I didn't wake up and think, oh my goodness, how am I going to fill my day? And it's funny, I've almost turned the other way when I, oh, I've got something in the middle of the day. I'd love to have a blank slate <laughs> yeah. and just um, just do whatever I feel like doing. And so I've noticed that transition from being mindful about having stuff going on to let's just free it up a bit and... and um, be able to go for longer walks. Yeah. How about you going? Yeah, and there's been times. Yeah, yeah, I have been bored for sure. So I, as I say, there's been times where I go, oh, you know, what am I going to do now? I got a couple buddies who are also uh, retired, so we <laughs> we're, we're we're now the group of old guys you see at the coffee shop doing stuff <laughs> that we used to say, oh, those old guys are retired. Uh, that's us now. Um, but I'm. Uh, it's a work in progress for me. Yeah, for sure. And you know what's interesting, and Faisal, we we see this or talk about it a lot um, in theory that there's a honeymoon period. Mm-hmm. when you retire, right? Yeah. And Candy, I think you referred to that right off yeah. the bat, and you were conscious of this fact that in the first year, hey, I'm going to give myself a little bit of space and freedom to explore what this next stage in your life is going to look like. And I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. And it will change, right? Clearly, you guys yeah. are young and healthy and mobile, and then, you know, decades will go by mm-hmm. and things will change, and, and you'll rethink these things. But this honeymoon period, I think, is really interesting for people. Um, to be conscious of it, I give you full credit. I think that's really cool what you transition into, you know, how long you want the walks to be, mm-hmm. how much your calendar is booked during a day. That will all evolve over a couple of years, right? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and it will be different after that. would love to have you back actually to talk about that, yeah, I think, because it would be, be fun to see. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing that we get being in our, in our positions is the phone calls about people worried about their money. Mm-hmm. So there, since you've re- retired, we've had, oh, I know, China-U.S. issues, it's a little virus called Corona. We're blaming it all on you, by the way. <laughs> Has any of this stuff happening in the markets, the volatility, everything going on, 
Does that get to your? Does it get to you? How do you? How do you deal with all that? To our credit, I think, if I may be so bold, we've never been daily watchers of our investments. And that was, I know you guys talk the same thing. You talk about your buckets and your balance. And that's been our approach from day one. So I've had friends who are every day, Mm. did you see the markets? No, I didn't. And quarterly, we would get stuff. We're still, you know, solvent. Um, So we've never, that's never been part of our world, worrying about the money, to be honest. I think that's great. Uh, we talk about that short-term volatility and the effect that it can have on people. Yeah. Um, and it's, I put out an interesting chart through LinkedIn. Remember that one yeah. where we talked about there's a 55% chance, if you look historically, that a market's going to be up on any given day and a 45 it's going to be down. Boy, I don't want to take a coin toss on whether I'm going to be happy or not on yeah. any given day exactly. of my retirement. Yeah. Right? So good for you. Kudos. That's fantastic. Okay, let, let's, um, we're, we're going to quickly run out of time. I'd like you to just to summarize it. You, you guys sound like you've had a great, uh, a great transition. Do you have any sage advice that you want to leave our listening audience with? I think because I'm a saver, one of the things I've had to turn around in my head is what are you saving for at this stage? Right. And recognizing with what you just said, we have wonderful mobility now, um, which people anticipate with travel, Spending money in those first 10 to 15 yeah. years is hard right. because I don't know what's going to happen after that. But, but I've been able to move my head towards, I'm not going to spend a lot when I'm, when I'm traveling less or less mobile and unless it's on healthcare issues <laughs> and thinking right. about that. But just being able to enjoy um, the, uh, our lifestyle over the next 10 to 15 years and not worry about the, when we're older. Yeah. Beautiful. Gord, last yeah. word. And the same thing is, is, uh, the advice I would have is think hard about it. Really, really talk to somebody who can help you understand what's coming. But, uh, you know, I remember I'll steal this from a friend of mine who had retired a year before me. And I said, what's the best thing about it? And he goes, Sunday night when I go to bed, I don't think about the meeting tomorrow morning at nine and what's going on Tuesday afternoon and the big session on Friday. He says, I go to sleep. And that's been a real gift and a joy for both of us. It's just, we're free to do what we want now. Still a little daunting and scary. So far though, so good. Sounds like peace of mind to me. That's wonderful. Both of you, thank you very much for for sharing your journey. I wasn't joking. I would love to have you back in a couple of years' time once you've settled in and see what's changed. So hopefully you'll you'll entertain us at that point. Uh, Faisal, we've got an upcoming seminar because this is the experience we want everybody to have. Absolutely. And we're going to talk about how you can receive that or actually get that kind of experience on Tuesday, February 18th. 7 p.m. at the Carriage House Inn. You do need to reserve your seats, so give us a call, 966-8400. That's 966-8400, or you can register online at morethanmoneyradio.com. Will your family fight about your money when you die? Well, that's what we're going to talk about after the break. Join us. You're on 770 CHQR in More Than Money. Welcome back here with Dave and Faisal on 770 CHQR in More Than Money. That was a great piece with Candy and, and Gord. Well, I hope so. I mean, I find it always interesting because it's, a, it's real life. We've had other guests on the show that have talked about their transition and some of their stresses and so forth. And there are stresses when you transition to retirement. But to actually lay it out the way that they've done it and to have a conversation about this is what we think about, this is what we haven't thought about, and we'll explore it as we go through this journey. They, right. they see it as a journey. Right. They don't see it as a destination, which is great. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, okay. We, we picked something up at the beginning uh, at the top of the show when we were talking a little bit about some estate stuff. We were talking about beneficiary designations yep. and taxes on, you know, unintended taxes and so on and so forth. 
I had a really cool meeting this week with a with an entire family. And uh, number one, I want to say that kudos to this family. This went mom and dad, okay, all the kids, and one of the grandkids that was involved in the family business. Okay. Okay. So number one, we're talking about this. Which is front. huge. 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 Now, there were some challenges in this. Yeah. Um, we're talking about multiple generations. So, so we went actually... Let's just see, started by grandpa's dad. So one generation, two generations, three. We're in four generations. Four generation business. Wow. Okay. And trying to figure out how to transition all of this stuff. Okay. And as you can imagine, um, there are sometimes some differences of opinion. Of course. So we got the whole, uh, we got the boardroom here. We had everybody uh, in and um, three siblings, one grandson present. And we talked a little bit about what, what everybody wanted with respect to the business <clears throat> and started with the kids just to get their opinion on what they thought was fair and equal, like fair and equal. We always talk about not necessarily the same thing. Correct. Okay. And th- this is where the crux of the problem was. There was one piece of the business where there were uh, sort of two of the parties felt differently than the third party. Okay. Two were more involved in the business. One not really involved. Okay. Okay. And so you, you know, put yourself in their shoes. There's some differing opinions on who's done what and what they're, what they're entitled to and so on and so forth. And Faisal, it was fascinating. Um, I set the limit on the meeting to an hour and a half. You can't go more than an hour and a half on these things. People get exhausted. Correct. Okay. So we crashed out in sort of 45 minutes, got our, our uh, positions on the table and talked about it. And, the, and although there were differences, I have to say, and there were some points of contention, the family did a very good job of keeping it respectful. Mm-hmm. but also airing out what their positions positions were. Okay. Okay. Mom and dad sat and, and listened, um, uh, not contributing too much at that particular point. And then I asked all the kids, grandkids to leave. Okay. And then we sat down and said, okay, mom and dad, you've kind of heard the positions here and we reviewed, you know, what uh, all the respective parties were talking about and how they felt. And... The, I said, ultimately, this is your gift. What's the gift that you want to leave behind? Yeah. And for various reasons, I won't go into the, the details of it all, for various reasons, uh, mom and dad were very clear that we want a one-third, one-third, one-third split. I want to split the money or the assets. Equal is yeah. fair in this particular case, even though some of the parties uh, were more involved in the family business than others. Okay. Those that were not involved were more involved in the taking care of them. This is what they this is what they said. The caring of the right? parents. They're they're in well into their eighties, and third party, really taking care of us. So maybe they're taking care of the business. You're taking care. You know, this third party's taking care of us, and we see that as equally Equal. valuable. And so, okay, what an interesting point. <clears throat> equally valuable. Right. Because people look at assets right. different than, and the reasons why they would split the assets amongst their children in different ways. Right. And, and what's valuable to you may not be valuable to the recipient of that. Right. Like if I'm involved in the family business and I helped it grow or whatever happens, yep. and then my, and I have a sister, so if my sister wasn't involved, why should she get a piece of that? Right. Right. And then she'll say, well, I took care of your dad and, and my dad too, so I should get equal amounts because I've helped the family, not just the family business. Mm. Very interesting. It was really interesting. So then I had the daunting task of saying, okay, kids, come on back in. All Let's right. have a conversation about this. Yes. 
And um, uh, I, you know, in, in, the outcome of these things is there's always a compromise. I mean, some people are upset about some aspects, happy about others, whatever the case may be. Yep. And this, this outcome was, I think, um, shocking in some respects for some of the parties. Um, but at the end of the day, I, you know, I said, okay, so here's what mom and dad have said. And I have no vested interest in this. I'm not a beneficiary of the estate. There's, no, there's nothing attached to me. I'm not being paid for this, right? I'm on nobody's side. Here's what mom and, dad, mom and dad's wishes are. They do want um, the family business to continue for a period of time, but they recognize that the, the parties that are not involved in that business will want to access the capital of their portion the of the capital from yeah. the estate, the yeah. value of the estate at some point. And so there was a compromise that they were comfortable, mom and dad were comfortable making, um, that gives a bit of, bit of uh, breathing room on both sides. But at the end of the day, I think it was a very, very different outcome than anybody had expected. Absolutely. Right? Um, and I was very careful to say at the end of it, mom and dad, you know, have this, I've summarized this for everybody. Have I, have I misspoken in any way? Are these your wishes? Yeah. Okay. Now there's some work to be done. It's for important sure. to say that, that, you know, this wasn't the be all and end all. There was some aspects of how do we create this life lease on some stuff and, you know, doing some other, some other, uh, work around taxation because we didn't know what the tax bill, so they needed a tax opinion on some stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's some work to be done on that. But, but here's what I'm going to say. Um, those can be very difficult meetings. This is a family that has amassed wealth over the multiple generations that they've been in Calgary and running this business. And there's some complexity attached to that. And here's the outcome. If we don't go through that planning process, if you're not having these conversations up front, once mom and dad pass and the will is read, and if there were three different opinions on this, what do you think happens? Yeah. This ends up in a court of law and a family gets torn apart Yep. Because they're arguing over assets instead of doing this process up front. So Dave, in this experience that you, that you had, for our listeners, mm. three things that they can take away. Because when you own a business and, you, and your family's involved in that business, it brings more complexity and dynamic to the, the conversation. So what are the three things that a family should do as they transition into this conversation of a legacy? Well, let me, let me tell you, n- number, number one lesson learned here um, plan early. Remember, I said mom and dad are well into their 80s. There are limited options at this particular point, okay? If some of this planning would be done. So my, my message to uh, next generation and grandchild generation was that once we cover this piece off, then we have to work on the estate plan for, the, for you for you guys, yeah. right? There's a lesson to be learned. Plan and plan early. So wealth and businesses create complexity that needs to be addressed, and you've got more options early than you do later. Okay. Number two is communication. Which is great in this, in this whole story. Period. Yeah, there, there will be some people that maybe didn't get what they want in this particular case, or it's different than what they thought. But the fact of the matter is that they're able to... Um, they were able to communicate. This is just the beginning of the process, not the end of the process. At the end of it, we'll be able to work through solutions that will be comfortable from ev- for everybody's perspective. I didn't say everybody will get what they want, but it will likely be a, a comfortable outcome. And then number three, the lawyers aren't going to get most of the estate. Yeah, right? There's no be- surprises. That's no surprises, yeah. right? At the end of the day, you keep it out of the courts. You, you're you're going to deplete the estate and keep you're going to rip money families family. apart. Absolutely. That's right. That's the takeaway. There you okay, go. We're running out of time. So let's wrap go. this up. So if you want more information about how to transition in your business to your next generation or need a proper estate plan, looking at ways to protect your estate, give us a call. You can always reach us at, at uh, 966-8400 or go to morethanmoneyradio.com. This is one of the buckets we're going to cover. 
We're going to cover more about bulletproofing your retirement on Tuesday, February 18th, 7 p.m. at the Carriage House Inn. So give us a call for that. To register, 966-8400 or go to morethanmoneyradio.com. Well, thanks for joining us for another edition of More Than Money. I hope you enjoyed this week. Uh, We certainly did, and we look forward to speaking with you again next week. You're on 770 CHQR and more than money. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulation. Regulatory Organization of Canada. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada.